Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. LinkedIn is the Facebook of 2012. Here's the deal there is a total deficit of content on LinkedIn, whereas on Facebook, it's an abundance. It's a surplus. Daniel, let's get into this. You obviously have been tracking social for for many years now. What's going on? What's the dynamic with LinkedIn right now? Yeah, so LinkedIn is in its prime right now. There's a content deficit, which means organic reach at its its highest, but it doesn't stay like that. Um, There's a lack of businesses posting on it, a lack of creators posting on it, which makes the platform have a deficit on content, um, which will help expose that organic reach. But these golden errors only happen for a little bit of time, a couple of years. So the companies and creators that are not taking advantage of this now are going to be left in the dirt and the people who are are taking advantage of them are going to see some fruitful benefits from that. Mm. And why do you think people are not, why is it that, on a cons- on the consumer side, social blew up so fast it was like a fire, right? It took off, right? LinkedIn, yes, it's grown at at a unbelievable rates, but not from a content development perspective. I think from a network, it's grown, but not in terms of how many people are actually posting. I.e., the adoption rate of of being a creator on LinkedIn. Why has that? Uh, why has that lagged? Um. I think at first that when Microsoft took over, I think you saw the platform start changing. I think it was at first people were realizing that self-promotion was not the way to create content anymore. So like companies were posting, check my new webinar out, or I just launched a new product and stuff like that. And nobody wanted to be on that platform. And then they started realizing that like, this platform could have content that people actually want to consume that is entertaining, educating, inspiring, informative. And now LinkedIn's algorithm has picked that up and seen that like, that's what people want on this platform. They don't want companies to be self-promoting. They don't want companies to um, say, check out my new link of my new blog I just posted yesterday. They want, they want their audience, which is the users, to get the most out of the platform and spend the most time on the platform. And I don't think they were spending that much time on the platform except for looking for jobs or um, basically looking for jobs. That was what LinkedIn was known for back in the day. So I think now it's like become a platform where you actually can create a network, you can create a following, you can create good, you can see great content there. You know, I feel like the problem, though, is that in order to be a uh, a creator that is not necessarily selling and not focused on what the business goals are, which is to drive revenue, you have to be you have to be unique. You have to be a little bit of a, a different kind. You know, I think a lot of people uh, now I completely agree with you that the strategy is correct. We can't be salesy on LinkedIn, right? The same way that we're not salesy or we shouldn't be salesy, at least when we go to a social event. You know, the last thing that someone wants to deal with is a person that just 
is is at the the fruit punch bowl and and starts to just sell themselves or their product or service. It's the last thing we want to see. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it takes guts. It takes guts to go and say, you know what, I'm actually going to move away from our business thesis and I'm going to move away from that and I'm going to focus on things like how other people can benefit and branding and LinkedIn and you know mental health and whatever it is that's kind of relevant for them. So how would you encourage people to actually branch out from you know this idea of everything in business has to be a funnel? Yeah, I mean, and I think it can produce business, I think. But the number one thing for like to produce business is create trust and value for your end user. And I think well, how you do that is you give, 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 give. And once they've trusted and seen that you actually care about them and they start trusting you, then you can start asking a bit. The problem is, is the, the companies that are, like you were saying, like you go to a networking event and they just say, here's my business card. Let me show you my software. Instead of being like, hey, I would love to show you how we could 5x your revenue here are some five strategies to do that or like actually start building a relationship with like can i grab let's grab some coffee sometime and let's talk about something that has nothing to do with their business i think the key is um what, what gary vaynerjack has a book about this but like jab 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 and then you can throw a hook and people don't even notice the hooks anymore because you giving so much. Um, the problem is that people just expect that the audience will like will give them something, and that's a total wrong way to look at it. Um, and it's worked off LinkedIn for years. Like if you um, give good blog posts and your blog posts are um, working and showing value, then people are going to come back and for more and more and potentially now they trust you as a, a company and now they will buy. Um, so um, it's kind of what you guys are doing here at Dubs, basically like, okay, here's a free trial. Let me show you the value of this platform. Let me show you how you can create business. And then once you've shown the value and shown like what it could do, and even this podcast right now, right? Like you're showing like your audience, like here are like some people that are in the marketing space that are, that has nothing to do with dubs, showing them, creating value for them. Um, eventually, like they're going to be like, oh, when they think of a video platform, they're going to think dubs. Like they're not going to think of anybody else um, because you've given them the value all along. Well, uh, well, the, the check's in the mail. So thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give, give us a tactical, very coach-driven approach to getting into a cadence of, of creating content on LinkedIn. Like if you were our trainer here and we wanted to say, listen, we want to change up the game and I'm, I'm ready to change, I'm ready to create, what would, what would the map be for us? Well, one is like define your audience. I think everybody, this is like a big mistake, like define who you're going after first. So like... If you're going after marketers, your content should be about marketing and mm. trying to bring someone in through marketing. It should be nothing about your business and it should be super niche to those marketers. The problem that a lot of content creators do is like they go broad and they they forget about like the people that in the audience. You can't be every everything to everybody in marketing. Like it does not work. So just 
go after your audience. So first I would say, find your audience, know what they need and know what they want by listening. Um, and then secondly, I would say, start creating content around like, give them marketing tips, give them like, share your knowledge of marketing, share like um, resources that they can be better at marketing, like share um, helpful things, tell a story, like relate with them, tell them a story about like how, why you started your company or why you got into the marketing space, be relatable to them. Um, that would be the strategy. And then also a lot of people don't do this is like, you can repurpose a lot of content that you've done on other platforms. So mm -hmm. you can take yeah. a, a video or a blog post or a, this podcast right now, chop it up and make 10 posts. Right. So for example, like this podcast or other podcasts, you could take five clips and say like, make one post about saying LinkedIn is the Facebook of 2012. Here's why I think it's a Facebook of 2012. And the next thing could be like, here's how you can grow on LinkedIn. There's an ex another post right there. And I think like a lot of people think that you always have to come up with new ideas. It's not reinventing the wheel. There's a space for new ideas. And there's also a space of like curating ideas. This, those are two type of creators and you don't have to be an original creator all the time. Like you could take content from a bunch of different places and just put your spin on it. Um, mm. And what, what type of engagement rates would you say that you are, are, what is your goal? Do you ever look at metrics like that? Like, Hey, listen, if I'm going to put a post out, how many views is it going to get? You know, how many comments or how many likes or when you create, do you, do you not really worry about that? Uh, I, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen posts where they get a 10% engagement rate, which is through the roof. And I've seen some where it gets 0.01. I'm used to kind of seeing one to two to 3% uh, engagement rate, which means uh, the number of likes or comments over the number of total views. What's your take on that? I think it takes a, I think comments are my favorite because it, it creates listening to, for future content. But I also think the the dark metrics are metrics that are hard to like like track. But those are my favorite type of metrics, like metrics that um, how many people have screenshotted, shared, um, you like saved your post. I think those are like the ultra metrics when you're creating content is because I think the the quickest way to grow on any platform is word of mouth, right? Um, the biggest spikes I've ever seen on growth on my platform is when someone tagged me in a post or someone tagged my post in their post. That's the biggest spike I've seen in my following grow. So if you can create content that people share and resonate with, I think that is the key for engagement rate. Yeah, I think it. I use it as a gauge for like what people, what type of to topics people are liking. Um, but I'm also listening to other influencers and seeing what they're posting and seeing what it's resonating on that side. But if you go into comment sections of like other marketers and stuff like that, and you just actively listen, you'll see that like there's common topics that are bringing up, like, for example, um, like active listening, right. Is a big like topic that people always comment. So like when, if you see someone always coming to, then you can create a post about it and you'll know that it probably will do well because so many people are saying, talking about that topic. Um, or like 
the biggest trends right now is like MQLs are dead, like drifted social net listening and um, wrote an ebook on MQLs are dead. Like there's a bunch of it and it, it just takes like actively like listening, talking to your audience to know what they want out of content. I think those, this is a long winded answer, but I think those engage it. I never like strive for like a bigger post, but my, you, you, you could go and post something that you think is the best piece of content and it will bomb. So like, I think it's like, I think like, the, my best piece of content has been when I've taken my active listening and I've repurposed it and put it out and it's been successful every most times from just listening to what people want. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I've seen, which I've, I've just been burned out on seeing it is, is uh, character arc posts. You know, it's, it's almost like it, there's an equation out there. That, that people are following because they feel like they get engagement, which is, oh, let's see if I can map out what this equation is. So step one is to share a story where you had terrible failure and you were just in a, in a, on the bottom, right? And then how something happened in your life and maybe you failed again or maybe you decided to rise up and then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward five years now, you you're successful you you've got this podcast you're successful in sales and i keep i keep hearing that story <laughs> and it's there's we have like an inside joke about it where you know we just riff on it and uh you know sometimes it it feels a little disingenuous to me where someone says hey i'm going to be so vulnerable here and i'm going to share the fact that i was an alcoholic or i crashed my car i almost died you know i was divorced six times you know, and, and now I've gone through this evolution and, and here I am. And, and, you know, I'm not disrespecting people that are being vulnerable on social media. I, I am that plenty of times. But, but I do feel that when people start to see massive amounts of engagement around a type of content or a, a, a general sort of vibe, then there's a lot of emulation that happens. And then all of a sudden, it just completely dilutes it for everyone and it doesn't mean anything and then something new is found so my question for you is how do you innovate in the type of content that you're creating how do you come up with the new story where other people are copying you instead of you copying other people yeah that's a, a very very great question i think i think I think that takes a lot of testing, right? Because I think a lot of people are going to go because in marketing, a lot of it's like, don't reinvent the wheel, just innovate on the wheel. So like a lot of these people are not reinventing the wheel and innovating on, on the wheel. But I think a lot of it is just taking like swings and content and being okay that it, it kind of flopped, right? Um, and if you're not okay that it flopped, that's, that's my my, I think you're seeing it all wrong because I think marketing is all about experimenting and testing. And I think if you don't test, you're going to be left in the dust. Um, I think sometimes you have this zig when everybody zags in marketing and be different and unique. And that takes creativity and it takes like a lot of things. But also like what I like doing is testing on platforms that aren't LinkedIn to see how they go, like Reddit and Quora and Twitter are good places to test your content before posting on LinkedIn. So if you want to take these bigger swings, like you could test how it's being upvoted on 
Quora or Reddit and seeing like how they're there it's going on there. So I think that is one way to do it. Another way to do it is stick keep your ear to like what is trending currently. So like um if you were the first person to post about like how oceans this ocean spray thing went off on TikTok, like you probably would have got like a good amount of engagement because it's an, a cool story and you're bringing it to life. Um mm. I think like a lot of it is like staying up with trends that are happening that are not outside your space and also going against the grain. A lot of people are scared to do this and they're scared of the lashback. But my whole theory in marketing in general is, is you have to stand for something. So like the first person to say MQLs were dead, probably were freaking out before they posted that, but they truly believe that like, they thought MQLs were dead. And and I believe that too, like MQLs are not a metric you should be looking at, you should be looking at revenue. But it's like, like you have to go, like take a stand on something that is totally against the grain, like go against like what other people are saying. And there'll be more people than you think that are going against the grain when you do that. Um, it's just mm. people are too scared to say that. So I think it's also um, being okay with people disagreeing with you. Um, mm. And a lot of people aren't okay with disagreeing with them. I think like those posts that you're saying that I think they're okay to post if they're not like overused. A lot of people overuse that type of post, like this, like this, like story I, that is like a hero story. Like I came from, like, I started off like, like in a great depression and then I fought my way out of it. But I think like, I've thrown a sprinkle of that, but my whole, uh, my content, just because I want people to relate with me as a human yeah. being. Yeah. That, that seems I, so, so authentic to me. Yeah. But I don't want, I don't think that's like what has, like, I still go back to what I, my content at the end of the day and like just trying to, because I think you, you have to tell personal stories, but I think the, a lot of people are taking the format of what other people are doing. I think, and that's what's, disingenuous about it i think like if you telling a story about like your depression it's your own story stop taking like other like some people are like taking not everybody's going through that exact story as you're going through so it's okay to have a different story like um it's okay like like everybody is different but the reason why these posts are going viral is because that it is it does relate to people like it relates to a bunch of people um, yeah and and to say a, and to kind of share a positive note here you know i think that what people need right now is is we do need leaders and we need people that are willing to take risks and to show that they can be vulnerable in a business environment like linkedin uh, because when i think others see that it inspires them to want to do something similar and maybe when they see hey this person just shared the fact that uh, you know, they're going to AA or that this person was suicidal at one point in their lives or if this person got was was laid off and unemployed for two years. You know, if that person can share such vulnerable things, then maybe I could just start by sharing something a little lighter. <laughs> so maybe I think, we I think the problem is that your purpose of sharing it. And I think that's where it's gone screwed up. I think some people are showing it, are sharing their story as the purpose of, 
um, getting engagement. Like, and there's people sharing their story in the purpose of trying to be vulnerable and show like who they are as a, a person. And I think like that's the problem. That is the problem what's going on with these type of posts. I think a lot of people are just sharing it because they see that, oh, okay, um, whoever this influencer, not naming any names, but got 100,000 likes on this post. If I do it, I'm going to get 100,000 likes. That's the wrong way to look at it. For me, I think sharing that, because social media has this problem of like, making everything all sunshine and rainbows. Um, they they show like the 10% of business that is great, like mm -hmm. yeah. the 90% of business that is hard and grunt work and like tr trials and errors and failures. And I think that is the problem with social media. I think, um, but if you go back and start like saying you the founder of this company and say, you know what? I, f I once I took an interview with like, I wanted to do this and I failed and like I tear like failed miserably, but it taught me this lesson. And I want to show you this lesson because I think it's important for you to learn. And you sharing like what you learn in this outcome from like this struggle that you had, people could relate to that. But if you're just sharing a, like a story for engagement, I think that is just I think sometimes you just got to look yourself in the mirror and say like, okay, what is your purpose behind this post? Nice, man. I, I also think that, you know, to kind of riff off that, I think that a lot of people, unfortunately, they get stuck into a situation where they are defined by the post. You know, and I think it's just important to note that we define our posts and uh, you know, it's every post is ephemeral. It, it's out there, it exists, and then it can be gone within days or weeks or months. And, and that's just talk about a perfect um, biological ecosystem where it's all, it's all about the testing. You know, it's all about putting something out there and then s seeing what, what we can innovate, seeing what we can iterate, and then adjusting ourselves, but at the same time, staying true to ourselves and not getting stuck with this idea of I'm only going to try to please my audience. I'm going to do something that's repeatable, organic, and frankly, enjoyable for us. Because without that, I think we will all fatigue. Yeah, and I just saw a post by Jack Butcher the other day that says, the weakest mar marketing strategy is pleasing everybody. <laughs> um, because it is the weakest marketing strategy. Like To be able to have raving fans, you're going to have to have some haters. Like, to, mm -hmm. like, you, like that is the truth like if you want to have raving friends of your brand you got to stand for something that is like like let's take patagonia for example they're very environmentally conscious and they're standing for that like they won't stand for like brands that aren't that and obviously there's going to get some haters that they're they're overpriced they're 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 not this they're not that but they're willing to take that stand they're willing to take the stand that they are this like and I think the best brands do that. They take a stand of like what they're trying to accomplish. And um, like they, they notice that they're going to have some haters, but the raving fans are way better than the haters. Like the raving fans will stick with you. And um, a lot of people, like, like I said, is just trying to please everybody. And it's just like, 
once you please if you please everybody you literally brand for like nothing your brand is just like nothing like it's just like this like and this it's in life too like pleasing everybody is not a good strategy like you can't be a yes person all the time like mm -hmm. um, you have to give some no's you have to like because at the end of the day you got to also prioritize like um time and and what happens when you please everybody you forget about your raving fans like like you don't pay attention to the people who are actually like your cheerleaders in the back like yes go for it like yes mqls are dead yes i totally agree like if you start like being like neutral nobody's going to be that like that cheerleader in the background like saying like go do it do it do it yeah no i totally agree with you at some point you have to if if it makes sense you have to be a contrarian you know not to be provocative but it's because you actually believe in that you know if someone believes that mqls are dead uh you know well that's a statement i mean are sqls dead you know <laughs> yeah it's like like salesforce did this best like they they were they did a whole campaign back in the day like mark banning off the best cm like marketing ceo there is out there did the no software thing where they basically went against like on-prem like like softwares and they were like this is cloud software like they took a stand like the, the, we're anti this we're not going against for this and then they got a huge pr boost on this they got so like my biggest takeaway like even when you're posting content on linkedin is like show your what you stand for like show what you believe in um, and this doesn't mean like politically, this means like, like your mark, your view that what you're talking about, like for me, I, I'll, I'll show what I stand for in marketing, like, and there's things that I totally disagree with that people are doing in marketing that I am not fans of, but I, I outwardly say like, stop doing this. Like, it's mm -hmm. not the right strategy. I will say it. And I'm not afraid of people coming in the comments and disagreeing with me because I always go into it with a perspective. And this is one thing I've learned from creating is like, I always go into every conversation like that I'm wrong. Um, and you got to know as a creator that it's okay to change your mind three months from now, if you got stats and facts to back it up. Mm -hmm. And that's an evolution of a person, right? Like, um, like if your mindset has stayed the same, for 20 years you're never gonna you're never growing like it's just the like the facts of like 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 life like and that's why like the my phrase that i hate the most in marketing is like we've always done it this way like okay like you've always done it this way but you've never tried anything else that's why you're not innovating and moving like there are like listen to what other people have to say like you can, even if you don't, you disagree with it, you might get, uh, just understand what, where they're coming from, like why they, they think like this, like, and sometimes if they, the opposite view, you, you can understand your view better by understanding the opposite view. So mm. that's how I go into it as well. Nice. So you, you work for a company that is growing like crazy and uh, i'm sure you know 10 to 20 percent of your workforce is in sales have you have you started to evangelize the power of of video for sales um we are um 
looking into starting the power of video for sales. I think like, um, I am a total believer in video and audio content. Like I think it is a, um, the new phase it's personal. It also like, it also like stands out. Like we just said, like it, like it, to be, it, it's a different thing in an email. It's a different thing in a, a LinkedIn message. It's also personable. Like personalization is the key to like what, um, the future, like, I think like someone saying, Hey, Daniel, like genuinely like in a video, like first humanizes the person behind the, the call. Second, you can personalize what you say to them. And third, like it, it's like that human connection and people buy from people. So, mm. um, they don't buy from companies, they buy from people. So I think we are starting to test that. I have done it in other companies and it's worked. So, um, yes, we are looking into testing that for service Titan. Yeah. I, I think, uh, what's kind of interesting here is that the, the idea of getting ghosted, <laughs> it's, it's probably one of the, the most challenging things that a person in, in sales can go through because they'll invest a lot of time, a lot of conversations, a lot of content, a lot of value and, uh, there's a relationship that's starting to be formed. Then all of a sudden it gets, something happens and it gets ghosted. Right. And it's, it's painful. It's painful to go through that because, you know, when you, uh, send emails, when you're calling someone and they're not responding back, they're basically saying, get out of my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's, and it's, and it's absolutely unprofessional and it's absolutely uncool, but unfortunately with the amount of noise with the amount of messages that we all have in our inboxes. Thank God we don't get voicemails anymore on our phones, but it gets to a point where we are overwhelmed. And at some point we just have to disengage and we have to say, you know what, this is noise and I'm just gonna move away and, and go focus on other things that are more important to me. One of the things that I continue to evangelize is that the idea of getting ghosted is, is if we take the accountability for that, saying it's something that we did, to not build up that human connection, to not build up that trust, to not elicit a certain amount of empathy within the person where they wouldn't do that, it's it's our fault, you know? And, and that has empowered me, actually. That has empowered me where now, if I get ghosted, uh, you know, I know it's because I didn't do a good job to build that connection with that person. And frankly, it's what has inspired us to build Dub as a company because Dub, as we always pitch, it's all about sending authentic videos. Instead of, instead of writing a text message, instead of writing an email or a LinkedIn message, you shoot a quick video and you send that over and that builds that connection. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that uh, I, I'd love to see, you know, more people, more people in sales and marketing also really have the ability to elicit that, that empathy, not because it's selfish and it's self-serving, but rather because rising tide raises all boats and it's just more love and there's plenty to go around. <laughs> yeah. And I also think on that note, one, like human, but two, it's something else that other people aren't doing. So it's, you have to like be different when you're, your outreach as well. Um, I think it, it's something that sticks out in an inbox full of like junk of there but also to your point of ghosting i think like 
humans just sort of naturally like don't like saying no. So they mm-hmm. rather just like back away and say like, okay, I'm just not going to respond anymore instead of like letting this person down. Um, and I think sometimes in sales, one, I think, yes, you have to be able to, a lot of people just don't take time to understand the person and that's why. And two, they're just not ready to buy. I think that those are two reasons a lot of people don't. But also I think, um, I think like in sales and in marketing, you have to sometimes be okay with like going, finding the people who are ready to buy right now, like, and take a step back and say like, Hey, um, like maybe this person's not ready right now. Like maybe we should back off a little bit and then Mm. send a video and like, three or like a message in like three months and check in again or like stop bugging them and just nurture the relationship another way i think a lot of times it's just like push 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 like i went back my linkedin content and this is the problem with a lot of sales in general i think and it happens on linkedin to me like every single day but like you can't go into a conversation without understanding getting to know someone building trust up front you can't just go and selling quickly i know it's like the tactic that all strs use and stuff like that but it's like if you go out and say hey like i i just you're like a ceo like i thought you would love this piece of content like i thought it would resonate with you like um he, he, like let's hop on a call to discuss this or I would love to buy you some coffee sometime like and talk about five ways to grow your business like um that is an authentic way to reach out that you're providing them value like why are you why do people think that it's okay to disrupt someone's day and not give them anything in return like (laughs) why do you think like people have you're taking away like a couple seconds or minutes of their day to without giving them anything in return. So I think like to be able to like build that relationship with someone, you have to have given them value up front to, for them to even want to have a, a legit conversation for you. Unless the only time it actually works is that the person's ready to buy. Like someone was actually looking for a software right now and that you you actually popped into the inbox at the right time. Like, yes, okay, like you've done something great there. But right. <laughs> most of the time, 98% of people aren't ready to buy. So if you hop in and say, like dubs, like hop in and say like, hey, I just wanted to show you five ways how I can help like increase conversions on um, your outbound um, prospecting like straight up go say something like that. And then um, you go into the conversation and then maybe like say like, hey, I would love to get into the conversation with them or say like, hey, I would love to give you a free try of our product, show you how it works, show you how I could could benefit you, like show you how um, I can help you increase conversions. And if, if if I prove this to you, well, can it help? we maybe we can have a further conversation like something that is providing them value i think Mm. a lot of times it's it's going back to what i say with linkedin content what people are doing wrong right now is that they they just they they forget that there's a human that that the person is a human and like they have a day to they're 
they're, they're not just working. They have a, a life outside of work. Like they're, they need something like humans are selfish. It's true. Like I'm selfish. A lot of people are selfish. Like they, they were, the time is to like provide them value. Like people don't care about your product. They care about what you could do for them. Like the benefits you can provide them. At the end of the That's day. it. That's it. Awesome, Daniel. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, how can folks connect with you on LinkedIn and social? Um, it's LinkedIn-N-Daniel-Murray-Marketing or like it's backslash and black backslash Daniel-Murray-Marketing or just search Daniel Murray and I should at service tight and pop up and anybody can message me anytime if you have questions or anything just don't sell me in the first um message and i will be authentic <laughs> i'll message you back don't sell him in the first message that's the biggest takeaway here <laughs> mm -hmm. well daniel thank you so much for your time man thank you for having me stick around after we end here